Good morning, beautifuls. Good morning, daughters of the King. Rise and shine. It's time to give God the glory. For he's worthy of all the glory. He's worthy of all the honor. He's worthy of all the praise. Turn this down slightly so it's not overpowering. Sharina Checky, is the volume okay for you? So I want to remind you all briefly that you are who God has said you are and that you are the daughter of a king. You are the daughter of a king and that life and death are in the power of your tongue and she that loves it will eat from its fruit. What you say to yourself matters. What you say to yourself matters. And I'm going to get into what we're doing while we're waiting, but what you what you say about yourself matters because Words have weight. And the words that you speak audibly about yourself have weight. So I want to remind you that you are who God says you are. And that you are the daughter of a king. You are free. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are an heir to the king. You are blessed and highly favored. You are saved. You are God's best. You are noble. You are favored and you are his daughter. You are who God says that you are. Scripture tells us that for as he, she think, thinketh in her heart, so she is, Proverbs 23 and seven. It is absolutely necessary for you to know who you are and whose you are. Why? Because identity matters. Your identity matters. Knowing who you are and whose you are is fundamental to matters in your everyday life. 
God created you for a purpose. Psalms 1 of 39 tells us that God formed my inward parts and knitted me together in my mother's womb. When you know your identity in Christ, you can know how to live out his purpose for your life. So be mindful of how you speak to yourself and be mindful. Yes, Debbie, be mindful of what you believe about yourself. Don't believe the lie. You are forgiven. First John 2 and 12. You are never alone. Hebrews 13 and 5. You are free from condemnation. Romans 8 and 1. And you are a new creature in Christ. Old things, old behaviors, old thought patterns are cast away. They're no longer. New things. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. And you are the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. Deuteronomy 28 and 3. Serena posted, I believe last week, when we were completing one of our mornings to mind your words. I'm here to remind you quickly this morning to continue to mind your words because your words have power. And when you speak negative, negativity about your, um, when you speak negative about yourself and or others, those words have the, those words will manifest. It may not be in your dispensation of time as you spoke them out about someone else, but because of the power that lies in the tongue, they manifest. So choose wisely. Choose your words wide, wisely. And even while you are waiting on God to answer your prayer, Choose your words wisely because you are waiting on God's answer to the prayer that you prayed. So, so God, we thank you. We praise you and we magnify your name on this wait while we're waiting Wednesday. God, we thank you for the reminder that our words carry weight, that our words frame our world, that our words count, and that we have to count up the cost before we even speak. Is it sugar or is it bitter? 
Is it sweet or is it sour? Will it help or will it hinder? Will it encourage or will it not? That we have to count up the cost before we utter words out of our mouths. For we know that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, that we were made in your image, that you had knitted us together prior to even forming us, forming us in our mother's wombs. God, you are amazing at what you do and how you did it. You place the stars, the sun and the moon in the sky and gave them their own identity. Just like you created each one of us. We have our own unique and specific identity. Yes, our DNA is of you. But we also carry the DNA of our birth mother and father. Our own unique identity. So God, in you, we find our identity. It's not in what the world says. It's not in what the world displays. But our identity is found in you. For in you, we live, we breathe, and we have our being, oh God. In you, we are carved out, etched out exactly. So God, in these last few moments, let us remember that our words carry weight. And that we are to only, yes, Didi, affirm what God has said. But in the waiting, for many of us are waiting on God to answer prayers that we feel as though we have been praying for years and years and years yet no response, so we believe. So until we see it manifested in the earth realm, we'll wait. So Denise, what do we do while we're waiting on God to answer prayer? We remember who he says we are. For you are a daughter of the king. And because you are a daughter of the king, you're an heir to all that he has. And his word tells us that he owns all the cattle on the hill and all the silver and gold belong to him. 
That's a benefit of being his daughter. So I have need of nothing, even in my waiting season. Because God says he would supply all of my needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. Waiting on God when he has not answered our prayers is one of the hardest places to be. I get it. There are times when we pray with everything in us and we so need God to intervene and yet nothing changes. Status quo, silence, or the need gets even greater. At first it's easy to pray and wait with great expectancy for God to answer big and bold. But as the days and weeks and months and years roll on and no answer, we can begin to wonder whether God is even listening. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Like God, where are you? I've been praying the same prayer day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year. Where are you? God, can you hear me? Can you hear me now? Have you been in a place where circumstances are hard? And though you have been praying, it just seems like God does not hear you. When the weeks and months go on without a clear answer, we become weary and well-doing in our praying. We begin to pray less. We begin to pray less fervently and less consistently. It gets harder to expect God to answer big and bold. And my faith in whether God will answer can get a little shaky. I'm clinging on to hope. I'm still seated in my seat of expectation, but God, where are you? How much longer much must I wait? Matter of fact, what are you waiting on? Why have you not even responded? You say I'm your daughter. You say you love me. You said that you'll perfect the very thing that concerns me. Where are you, God? I'm over here waiting. I'm over here dying on the inside. I'm ready to give up, cave in, and throw in the towel. Where are you? Nothing that I'm praying about seems to be manifesting. God, where are you? You know, I've had my child in prayer i've been covering him in prayer for 13 years god where are you 
I know what you showed me. But how much longer do you expect me to wait? Yet continue to believe it's going to happen. My faith and whether God will answer can get a little shaky. Waiting on God to intervene, to show himself, to fix it. How long, oh Lord, will I call for your help and you will not hear? This was the cry of Habakkuk. As I studied Habakkuk, God reaffirmed several deep truths about waiting on him to answer prayer. I knew generally about Habakkuk because one of my all-time favorite books is based on the last verses of this book. But I knew little about Habakkuk's struggles as he waited for God. I can tell you that he was in a hard place. As many of you are, as I am, waiting for God to answer that one prayer. I don't got a long laundry list. I got one that I need him to do exceedingly abundantly above all that I could dare ask or think. God, just one. I'm not asking for a, a, a Rolodex of things. That's how we think. God, I just need you to do this one thing. Where are you? You told me if I stand at the door and knock, the door would be open. You told me if I sought you, that I would find you. So where are you? So Habakkuk was in a hard place. And he came to God with some questions, some hard questions. Judah, the country surrounding Jerusalem, where Habakkuk lived, was filled with immorality, cult worship, and injustice. The dialogue between Habakkuk and God shows us six truths about waiting on God to answer our prayer. When waiting on God, I need to bring the hard questions to God rather than letting the hard questions drive me to God. We need to be proactive in our approach versus reactive. I 
I need to seek God in advance and not seek him after the fact. When waiting on God, we need to bring the hard questions to God rather than letting the hard questions drive us from him. Habakkuk 1, 2, and 13. Will, will God answer my questions? I have found that if I lay my hard questions before God in trust, God slowly peels back the layers of my understanding. Sometimes, however, God's full answer may not be completely revealed until I see him in heaven. Woo. To think, God, I could live 80 years. And you mean to tell me that I may not get an answer until I arrive into your presence? And I hear the Lord saying, yes, daughter. But even in your waiting, I got you. You can trust me. And you can handle it. You can handle the weight. You can handle the pressure. You won't bend, nor will you break. For you are fearfully and wonderfully made in my image. When waiting on God, we need to realize God's answer to our situations may be part of a larger plan that he has for us. Jeremiah 29 and 11 says, God knows the thoughts and the plans that he has concerning us, plans to prosper us and not to harm us, plans to give us an expected end. But in Habakkuk 1 and 5, if our eyes could only pan out to see all that God is orchestrating, we might understand the weight. Can we see further than our eyes can see spiritually to understand that all that God is doing is a mirage of things? He's painting the grandest picture for our lives before us, yet we don't even see it. Sometimes we have to wait. For God to answer our prayers because our situation is only a small part of the larger work that God is doing. When waiting on God, we need to realize that God is at work even when we cannot see him. Habakkuk 1 and 5 says, Even as Habakkuk wondered whether God was listening. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now, Lord? I know that's Verizon. 
Or maybe that's not even Verizon. Maybe that's T-Mobile. Maybe it's Cricket. <laughs> God has a sense of humor. <laughs> maybe it's AT&T. Sales always go down. Maybe that's why we can't get through to God. <laughs> Who's your phone carrier? I thank God. <laughs> I thank God for having his communication. Having the ability to reach him in his heavenly language and not have to worry about cell towers going down or only having enough frequency where I don't have to hold up one leg and one arm or use a, a, a metal antenna. <laughs> yeah, God. God says, reach me by the airways for which I know. <laughs> yeah, God. Clearly, Sharina. <laughs> yeah. For God's signal, Latanya does not fail us. Baby, when you begin to speak in his heavenly language, he is the only one that can hear you and understands you. The enemy cannot come in and steal your words. Because you're not speaking his language. You are speaking daddy's language. And when you begin to speak in God's language, he hears you. His ears tune up like an FM radio. You know, AM got static. In, in at least where I live. So I always have to be on FM or I'm on series radio, right? And series radio reaches worldwide. Ah. So even as Habakkuk wondered whether God was listening, God had been moving on a worldwide level to address the very problem that Habakkuk prayed about God's silence does not mean God in activity. When God is silent, it doesn't mean that he's not actively working behind the scenes. When God is silent, it does not mean that he is not actively working on the master plan concerning you. For he does know the thoughts and the plan that he has concerning you, right? When waiting on God, we need to reaffirm who God is so that we can press through the wait. When our prayers are not answered right away, we can begin to wonder whether God's promises are really true. God is not slack concerning his promises for us. If he said it, surely he's going to do it. When our prayers are not answered right away, we can begin to wonder whether God's promises are really true. Is he really in charge or are we just subject 
to the whim of life's circumstances. The only way to make it through the weight is to take out our, to take our tiny seed of faith to God's word. The only way to make it through the weight is to take our tiny seed of faith to God's word where he rewards us with soul deep affirmations of who he is. When waiting on God, I need to learn, I need to make sure, and we need to make sure that we haven't rejected his answer. Did you hear God and thought it was somebody else? Did it respond to you, but the answer wasn't what you wanted it to be? Is God really asking me to wait? Or am I just looking for a different answer? Is he really asking me to wait? Or are we just looking for a different answer? Above all else, your life must conform to God's will. God, let your will be done in my life, on earth, as it is in heaven. God, let your will be done in my life, on earth, as it is in heaven. When waiting on God, we must fully trust that God's timing is perfect. God's timing is perfect. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently, for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. Because in God, delayed does not mean denied. And we know this. We've seen its truth over and over. God's timing is not just better than ours. It is perfect. And if God's timing is perfect, then we can rest in the wait. We can rest in the wait, knowing that even though we cannot feel it, see it, God is actively working it out for our good. For we know that all things work together for the good of them who love the Lord. And surely we as his daughters love the Lord with all of our hearts, with all of our souls, and with all of our minds.
So why not? You are the daughter of a king. You are the heir of God. You are clothed with strength and dignity and can laugh at the days to come. Why? Because I trust God. And because I trust God, I'll wait patiently on God. For I waited patiently on the Lord and he inclined into me and heard my cry. Psalms 40 and 1. I am called blessed by my children and my husband and my husband praises me. Speak those things that be not as though they were. I am called blessed by my children and my husband and my husband praises me all the day long. I am a virtuous woman. I am God's workmanship. Who do you say that you are? Yeah. Yeah. For I am a wife of noble character. And because that's who I am, God will ensure that's who I remain. I'm a wise woman. I build my house and not tear it down. Because as a daughter of the king, that's what we've been called to do. I am blameless. I am his good thing and he obtains favor because of me. Lonnie's favor is because I am his good thing. And because I am his good thing, favor goes before him, i.e. me. I am seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. I am accepted. I am strong. I am convinced that God who began a good work in me will carry it through to completion. I am chosen. I am loved and chosen by God. I am an overcomer. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Who do you say that you are? I am more than a conqueror, Andrea. I am a member of Christ's body 
and a partaker of his promises. So remember that you are worthy to receive God's blessings. And in your waiting, remember who you are. And remember that God has not forgotten you. If he said it, he's going to bring it to pass. Let he have an ear to hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying. I love you all. And I pray that you have an amazing Wednesday. This is our Wait While You Wait Wednesday. So if you're fasting, don't forget and do it unto God. Hey, Tashila, it's so good to see you on this morning. Do it unto God. And as a reminder, if you've not yet purchased your ticket for Wives Connect, we have nine days and tickets are selling and I want you to be in a seat. If you've not yet purchased your ticket and have a desire to come, please, please, please don't wait to the last minute. I come against the spirit of last minute and procrastination and I call it void of its power. We have to move expeditiously If finances is a concern and you want to attend, there has been an act of kindness and there are two tickets available. If this is you, inbox me. Again, I love you all and have an amazing Wednesday. I'll see you all tomorrow morning. Should God say the same?